Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is the show where we take your questions, thoughts, and everything about the Buccaneers. So as you guys start to send those in, all you got to do is comment underneath our live video on Facebook. And we can start to try to sort through all of those. And, of course, we always love hearing where you're watching from. So if you can let us know that as well when you ask a question, that would be awesome. So as we give people a chance to start asking some questions here. Lots of positive stuff in there. Yeah, you know, I don't know that positive is the word that I would use. Uh, so yes, we we, we can are answer. seeing what you're saying. We yes, we we do, we see, do see what you're saying. We see the cup, and we know that the season has not gone it's according been a disappointment. to plan. So we are not the. I think I saw someone called us Pollyannas last week. I I think I saw that of like. Yeah, I remember you saying. So that. yes, so I we are going to be more positive about the team. This we work for the team. We're we trying. want to look at the positives of it. We do recognize this is not how we wanted the season to go. Uh, so we are not ignoring that fact. No one in this building is ignoring that fact. So uh, let's go ahead and look at this game in Baltimore a little bit. So we are going to talk about some of the positives, some of the negatives, a little bit sure. of both of it. Um, just in time for the Pro Bowl announcement tonight, figured we'd talk about some of the guys that have had really good seasons, really good performances that may be, if you were a betting man, who you might think could be on uh, some of those results tonight in the Pro Bowl, and some of those guys had pretty good games. So you want me to talk about the game first? Uh, yes, you can. if you want to talk about the game, we can talk about who you thought yeah, for the, the game, Pro Bowl. I, you know, I feel a little bad for the Buccaneers' defense, actually, the last couple of weeks. It was much maligned for a good portion of the season, and deservedly so. They gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points in the first half. But they've played better of late. In fact, across the NFL, defenses have suddenly taken over in December. I don't know if that's a December thing. I don't know if, if teams are getting worn down, if teams are losing some of their playmakers, if teams are figuring each other out. But uh, you know, last night, New Orleans and Carolina, 12-9. to I mean, I know there's a lot of disappointed fantasy football players in their playoffs last night uh, from that game. And you've seen that around the league. And so the Buccaneers' defense, like the last two games, has played pretty well for a good portion of the game, taking a lead, uh, you know, 14. We had the lead in this game. We had the lead in the previous game against the Saints. And then they just get worn down because they're on the field too much. And in the Saints game, it was it was a matter of, you know, that punt return and then, I mean, that blocked punt and then a number of penalties and the offense sputtered out in the second half. In this one, uh, you know, they the offense struggled. Um, they made a lot of self-inflicted errors. They didn't. They only turned the ball over once, but you know there was there was third-down problems. There were drop passes, which is surprising. Maybe a little less surprising on a very wet day. I mean, Chris Godwin had an opportunity that probably would have gone for a touchdown on the first pass of the game because the the safety slipped right as he was about to catch the ball, but he didn't hold on to it. And so the defense was on the field for 77 plays versus 50 for the Bucks offense, and that. That wears you down, especially in the second half. It was, I think, the offense had like 17 plays, and so, you know, that running game with Lamar Jackson, the quarterback running, and, and a couple of good running backs is, has been hard for everybody to deal with. They've been averaging like 200 yards a game rushing, so it snowballed at the end, and they ended up with 242 rushing yards. But I really don't feel until that point that the Bucks defense is playing that badly. But as has been the case so many times this year, the Buccaneers are having a hard time a putting all three phases together in the same game like they did with those couple wins recently, the San right. Francisco and Carolina, and you saw what it was capable of, and B, playing a full 60 minutes uh, in each of those phases. And so, you know, that's not a good thing. We're not being Pollyanna-ish here. We're saying, we're agreeing that that's not good. It's just, it's possible for us to see the potential of this team. Right. And it's not going to happen this year. At 5-9, and nine, the Bucks are out of it now, so it's not going to happen. Um, you know, I see a lot of things on there. We're maybe not addressing it, but calling for change, as always happens after a season like this, uh, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. 
I generally am one who believes in continuity, at least for a certain number of years. So I'll just leave it at that in terms of that regard. But um, we'll see what happens. Okay. And I've seen uh, Kyle and Nick, at least a few people asking uh, if we were going to look toward the draft, what position do you think that we would potentially focus on? We know we're going to start getting a lot of those questions that once you're eliminated from playoff contention, sure. people fair. turn their attention to the draft, which, which again, is fair. is fair, and we're yeah. all about looking forward to you know the hope of, of next season and, and how to improve. Well, at 5-9, and nine, I'm guessing I didn't really look before we came down here. Maybe we're about 10th in the draft order, something like that. Um, I would think that offensive line would – if it would be something they would look at. You always have to consider a, an edge rusher a possibility no matter what you have on your team. I know we're doing well with JPP and Carl Nassa, but I would still take one if there was a special one available like Bradley Chubb. Um, cornerback, you know, even though we drafted two in the second round in this last one, uh, you could go a lot of different directions. I think if, if I were choosing right now and, and there was a very good offensive lineman available, I'd probably go in that direction. Okay. I know that's not the most exciting or glamorous position. <laughs> right. but they, you know, Quentin Nelson has made a big difference in Indianapolis, and I think that's the Buccaneers true. liked him but he just didn't last in pick seven. Uh, Kedrick said that Carl Nassib had a really great game, and he's been uh, one of the highlights of the season for sure. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on what he has brought to mm -hmm. the team, and especially just knowing that he had gotten cut yeah. by the Browns, it's how weird. we were able to get him. We've talked about that. I, it, it's it's hard to believe that the Browns had five or six better defensive ends available to them than Carl Nassib, who they drafted, I think, in the third round just a couple years ago. Uh, but, you know, they're doing they're – doing, you know, that Cleveland program is turning around, so I, I'm not – criticizing them but it it was a surprising availability and I, I think the Bucks are very happy that they won the waiver claim on that one because Carl's been great and uh you know he he started to get more playing time early when Vinny Curry got hurt and uh basically even when Vinny came back now he's the starter because he just brings so much non-stop energy to the defense and and that's one of the reasons why he's having such a good year some sacks you know are the result of plays being extended and and guys being chased one way or the other and chased right to you. Some of them have been just great plays by him, but he's uh, he's he's that prototypical all-out-on-every-snap kind of edge rusher, which is nice to have. Right, that's a great point. Uh, James asked why weren't uh, the guys wearing gloves on Sunday. I think thinking about the idea of the cold and, and the rain and the wet and wanted to know why they weren't wearing gloves. Who wasn't wearing gloves? I mean, all some, of the, some of the receivers weren't wearing gloves. Oh. Um, I actually had I Adam Humphreys. Well, he never wears gloves, right? No, they, they normally do. Yeah, I actually, he told me on the radio show last night that the gloves that normally get stickier for just the normal receiving gloves, when it gets wet, they actually get slick. Interesting. And he said that can even sometimes happen with a lot of sweat, that if you sweat through your gloves, they can okay. get slick. So well, there's your answer. we were talking about how we can't believe that with all the technology in football that <laughs> no one has invented a pair of gloves that are actually good <laughs> in the in the rain. I gotta believe they're out there. I know, that's what I was but saying. And if know, not, like equipment guys wouldn't not go get trademark them. Right. that idea if I can figure there out how go. to make that. So yes, that's why a lot of the okay. receivers were not wearing gloves. I think Mike Evans said the same thing that he wasn't. I think I heard him I, say that in his post game. I feel bad I didn't even um, so yeah, that's but that's the answer. reason is yeah. this the actual stuff that makes it sticky gets slick, and huh. yeah, they said that it actually gets worse, which is uh, which is interesting. So looking forward to um, the Cowboys game now. Well, and we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl and the Pro Bowl. So, so yeah, if we want, we can we can start with that. The right. Pro Bowl announcement is is tonight. So yeah. if you were a betting man, who and do you the, feel like could you know, be there? The last few games haven't really made any difference in that because the votes have already been counted. The the fan voting ended a week or two ago, and, mm -hmm. the, and the players and coaches all voted late last week. So. Whatever happened in that Baltimore game didn't really matter in terms of Pro Bowl votes. Mike Evans had another really good game and moved up to number two in the NFL and NFC. you, you got to remember now it's back to AFC versus NFC, so we have to compare our guys to other NFC guys. And he's second in, in the NFC to Julio Jones in receiving yards. That seems 
like it would be pretty obvious that he'd be a, a top pick. And I do think, if I'm betting, I think Mike Evans gets in, but it's just so much competition at that spot. And even guys that maybe haven't had, for injuries or whatever reason, as big numbers as you'd expect, like an Odell Beckham, still have the name Odell Beckham. Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Um, Brandon Cooks has had a good year. There's a lot of really good receivers out there. That's the only reason I'm worried. But Mike Evans is starting to have some pretty good name recognition at this point, too, and he's been to the Pro Bowl. So I'm betting he makes it. I also think JPP makes it. Um, these, these last couple games where he hasn't had a sack have been after the voting. So that hasn't hurt him. And at the time of the voting, he was like top five in the league in sacks. Now he's down to about 11th, which is still great, and maybe seventh or eighth in the NFC. Uh, I still think he's had name recognition in the past from his time with the, with the Giants, and I think it's been kind of a pretty well-known story how well he's done after being traded here. Uh, you always have to consider Gerald McCoy a possibility, and with six sacks, that is good for a defensive tackle, and he's made it in seasons past with around those numbers, and he's just – when you go there six times in a row – you tend to get momentum and people just vote for you without even knowing how good your season won. And he's had a good season. Right. So I would say JPP and Mike Evans, the best two bets. Gerald McCoy's there. Two guys that I think are deserving but could be difficult, Levante David and Ali Marpet. Levante, the same story as always, having a great year, but he plays 4-3 outside linebacker, and so he has to compete for votes with the pass rushing linebackers like Khalil Mack, right. which makes it tough. And then um, Ali Marpet. It's hard for uh, – I think we all believe he's playing at a Pro Bowl level or at least getting close, but it's hard for a young interior lineman to break through. Right. You know, I mean, like Zach Martin's not even playing right now for the Cowboys because he's injured, but I'm sure he's going to be a Pro Bowl pick. Right, just so. the name recognition. Yeah. Because you usually only hear a name of an offensive lineman if they've done something wrong, if they're <laughs> a penalty getting called. So the name yeah. recognition can occasionally get yeah, be a little hard. Once you make it as an offensive lineman, then you have a real good shot of making it multiple times. The incumbent idea, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, Nicholas wants to know what's the culture like, and do the players uh, seem frustrated by the losing? Yeah, frustrated for sure, no doubt. Uh, that's most clearly seen in post-game locker rooms, which you've seen as well, Casey. I've seen some very very angry guys in games in post-game locker rooms the last couple weeks I mean the, they were still fighting for it and they still will I believe coach Cutter addressed this question yesterday and believes that this is the type of team with the type of leaders that's still going to play the, the last two games even though they have no bearing on playoffs as hard as ever um but he said he's seen it go the other way, so it certainly is possible. We, I've seen it too. I don't want to, you know, name names or anything. But there's been a couple seasons. Uh, I think the last Raheem Moore season, 2011, that team didn't feel like it was still engaged down the stretch. Um, but more often, I think these guys still fight to the end, and it feels like that kind of team. And, and again, I know saying that that it doesn't matter to a fan that's up frustrated that the Bucks are five and nine. They're not going to make the playoffs again. We get that. But the question is, are they still playing? with that same intensity, and I do believe that that's true. Right. What, whatever that means to you, I do believe that that's true. Okay, and Sue said, uh, will Quan Alexander be back? So there's a few Next parts year? to that question yeah. of the contract and the injury right. and what we know about the timing of that. Well, I'm guessing yes, but yes, he has to be resigned. He's, he's going to become a free agent, and, and it was bad timing, as everybody said at the time, and as we've mentioned several times since, the injury for him was bad timing because you, you don't want to go into your first crack at free agency or your chance to get another contract with the team you're already on, presuming that's what he and the team want. Uh, it can't help. But guys come back from knee injuries all the time. I mean, there's no reason to believe Quan won't be back and be back to a guy that made the Pro Bowl last right. year. I mean, uh, you know, he's a proven player. And again, you asked me to use the words betting man the other day, or I mean earlier in the show, and if I'm a betting man, 
I think he's back. Okay. Uh, we had Kyle ask if we felt like Winston had done enough to keep his job, and Dakota had asked a similar question. A lot yeah. of people have been asking the idea of yeah. what his situation is, fifth year in the contract, right. and, and what we've seen. It's the biggest question facing mm -hmm. the Buccaneers going forward. It, uh, that's obvious. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, probably most people watching do, he, we, we picked up the fifth-year option that all first-round picks get, and we did that in the spring before this season, which you have to do at that time. And that would seem to indicate that the Buccaneers would have him as their quarterback for next year, and it's somewhere in that span maybe work out a long-term deal. That's what happens with a lot of first-round picks at this point in their career if their team values them and wants to keep them around. Do the Buccaneers feel that way about Jameis Winston? I think so. I think so. What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I could understand why people would, would question that uh, and maybe wonder if that's true. I think it's true. We'll find out. Um, you do not have to, as long as he's not injured, you do not have to keep that player. You have that fifth-year option that you've exercised, but you can release that player, and then you're, you don't have, you're not on hook for that contract, right? So financially, the Buccaneers or any team in this situation can do that. Um, and so it could still go that way, is my point. It could also go the way where you don't try to work out a long-term deal, but you do play into his fifth-year contract, and you see how that goes. You see if it's going well, if it's going, if he continues to progress as you think he will, then you work out a longer-term deal. Okay. Uh, Nick asked, do the Bucks believe that Barber is an RB1, or will the team go after free agent or draft for the running back position? You know, he, I, I would say it's right on the edge. I mean, he he's had a pretty good year. He's... He's at, I think he has 726 rushing yards. Uh, we didn't run the ball a lot in the first half of the season, certainly not consistently. We've done that a little bit more. I mean, in this last game, he had 85 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. He's got six touchdowns. Uh, maybe you could say there are some more dynamic running backs out there. And also consider the fact that most teams these days are utilizing more than one running back splitting the carries and I think that's what the Buccaneers would like to be and, and you know they drafted Ronald Jones with that in mind as it has turned out Barber's played well and Ronald Jones's adjustment to the NFL has been slow so it really hasn't been that mix um, so I could see the Buccaneers going after another running back. Uh, and Joseph asked uh, now that we know they're not making the playoffs will we see Ryan Griffin play and I thought it was interesting to bring mm -hmm. that up because we had talked about this before but it was back when we were still in the playoff hunt and you were talking about how they were going to do whatever yeah. gave them the best it chance took, to win. It took till this week for it to be a valid right. question right? I don't think so. Um, again if you play Ryan Griffin one game and he does really well or really badly, have you? does that prove anything? Have you proved to yourself with either thing happening that you do or do not want to keep him around? I don't know. seems like a pretty small sample size. Where I'd rather see them, um, and I think they will, continue on with Jameis for the last two games and, and see if, you know, he has played well since returning to the starting lineup. He has not turned the ball over. He did have the one interception, and I think that wasn't a very good throw. But for the most part in that Baltimore game, he, he played pretty well and threw the ball in the money. Um, he had a number of drops, at least three, that, that hurt his numbers a little bit. And we had third down problems, and they were consistently converting on third down, so we just weren't on the field enough. But I think in these last four games, he's played well. And you'd like to see him prove that he can do it for a full six games in a row, particularly the part about um, protecting the football. He's doing that well. And he's also, I think it's becoming more and more obvious how good this offense can be when he breaks containment in the pocket, when he has pressure and things break down. I mean, 
those are our best plays. Right. Or virtually every game, our best plays are ones where it looks like he's going to be sacked and he amazingly escapes and makes some great play on the run. And I think that's a very, very good thing to have in your offense. You, you can't rely on it, but if you know you're going to get a couple of those plays every game, that's where a lot of explosive plays come from. So uh, I'd like to see the last two games be Jameis. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much to all of you for joining us. We'll be right back here next week. We always are taking your questions. So join in the discussion on the Facebook page by leaving your comments and questions underneath the live video. And we'll see you next time.